It's the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America. The National Security Hour exposes the wolves in sheep's clothing and their nefarious plots to undermine and destroy U.S. national security. Welcome to the National Security Hour on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network on iHeartRadio, where you will hear the voice of freedom, the out loud truth. I'm your host, Mary Fanning. With me today is my guest, investigative journalist, Alan Jones of The American Report. Today we're going to talk about a story that we've worked on for many years that has had some changes that have come just recently that are important to the American people, important to our national security, important to the the life and livelihood of the American people. Alan Jones, welcome. This is an important story. Tell us why. Thank you, Mary. It is. This is a conclusion to Delaware's rendezvous with Gulf Tainer. We've been writing about Gulf Tainer for quite a few years, since 2015. And it's a ports management company which is owned by the brother and business partner of Saddam Hussein's nuclear weapons mastermind. And they've been in Delaware for quite a few years, and they had a 50-year lease. Yeah. So this company, Gulf Tainer, GTUSA, that was the name they chose here. Gulf Tainer is a Middle Eastern ports company. Now, I'm sure our listeners remember the Dubai Ports World debacle where, and particularly Michael Savage came forward, and uh, the American people weighed in, and they stopped that deal cold, dead in its tracks. However, the Obama administration with Joe Biden, they set the table to bring these terrorists inside the wire, as our military likes to say, inside the wire. Now, why was this important? Well, because one, Gulf Tainer, the brother and business partner, was Saddam Hussein's nuclear mastermind. That was Dr. Jafar Dia Jafar. Dr. Jafar Dia Jafar was not only his nuclear mastermind, but he ran an intelligence agency that was equal to the size of our CIA. The Obama administration, with Joe Biden, set the table, funded with Tiger Grants, actually, funded these people to come in and take over our ports to take over particularly in Port Canaveral, the cargo container operation, and then the entire Port of Wilmington. Now, why this is important is because in the uh, port of, uh, in Florida, where they first came in, they gave them a 35-year lease to the cargo container operations at Port Canaveral, then 50-year lease at the Port of Wilmington to the entire port. Now, why that is important is because, one, they bypassed the Committee on Foreign Investments in the United States, CFIUS, a CFIUS review, no national security uh, threat analysis. They simply brought, you have to understand, Dr. Jafar Dia Jafar was on the Pentagon's blacklist. What does the blacklist mean? If you're on the blacklist, it meant that he was wanted wanted for capture or kill. Yet, the Obama administration with Joe Biden and those Tiger Grants brought them inside the wire. Why is that important? 
particularly, so he's already known as a nuclear mastermind. He's already wanted for capture or kill. Yet the Obama administration, Joe Biden, brought him inside the wire. What else is terribly important about this is that Project Pelican, which was the code name, the secret name of that deal at Port Canaveral, brought them in just after about a year after they had gone into a joint venture with Russia. Russia's state-owned company, Rostec Rosoboran Export, that is the exporter of the Club K Trojan Horse cargo container weapon system. Alan, please let our audience know what is the Club K? What was Joe Biden and Barack Obama bringing inside the wire? The Club K container missile system is a Trojan horse weapon. And it, like the Trojan horse story that everyone knows, it uses deception to attack by surprise. You've, the listeners have probably seen these intermodal cargo containers, the shipping containers that you see on these long trains. Uh, you see them on tractor trailers. And of course, you see them on these giant container ships. Well, inside the container is actually Russian cruise missiles, caliber cruise missiles that can deliver nuclear, biological, chemical, EMP, or conventional payloads. And they can be activated to launch from a moving train or a truck, and uh, they can uh, be guided by GPS to their targets at supersonic speeds. So when they're going at supersonic speeds and they're inside the wire, as we say, that's important to understand because our radar, our, the United States radar points north and east. That means that once inside the wire and they launch, what can we do about it, Alan? The Unfortunately, we really nothing. don't have... We don't have defenses against this. If they already have these Club K container missile systems positioned inside the United States, they could just position them near our bases, like our nuclear triad bases, and launch a surprise attack that we really wouldn't have time to respond to. No. So the Obama-Biden administration, Joe Biden, was intimately involved. As I said, he set the table with Tiger Grants uh, at the port of Wilmington, that deal just broke down. And it's um, for multiple reasons. Gulf Tainer was not abiding by their agreement. So this, this, this is a UAE, United Arab Emirates based seaports, cargo container management company. Again, co-owned by the brother of Saddam Hussein's nuclear mastermind, Dr. Jafar Dia Jafar. Uh, 2010, they established a joint venture with Rostec Rosoborn Export, the Russian state-owned ex exporter of the Russia's Trojan Horse Club K container missile system. They have just been kicked out of the uh, Delaware Port of Wilmington after nearly five years after Gulf Tanner had signed a 50-year lease in 2018 to operate this port. These people were brought inside by, by the Obama and Biden administration in Port Canaveral. Now it remains unclear if Gulf Tanner will remain in Port Canaveral. Uh, they signed a 35 year cargo container lease in Port Canaveral after they secretly negotiated the Project Pelican operation. The Obama-Biden administration approved Gulf Tanner's Port Canaveral deal. They did not conduct 
the required CFIUS national security threat analysis. Their, their terminal, it's important to understand, Gulf Tainers Port Canaveral Terminal is located 1,000 feet from U.S. Navy Trident Submarine Turning Basin, okay? Right within sight of NASA's Kennedy Space Center. So you brought in the nuclear mastermind. You've positioned him 1,000 feet from the most important leg of our nuclear triad and 1,000 feet away. And this is someone that's on the Pentagon's blacklist wanted for capture or kill. And they've just gone into, at this point in time, a joint venture with Rostec Rosa Boron Export to uh, export the Club K cargo container system. Now, also, it's important to understand what took place during the COVID lockdowns with Gulf Tainer. Alan, tell us about that, because that was an important chapter when they began to show their colors, isn't it? Absolutely. Now, the Port of Wilmington is located along the Delaware River, and adjacent to the port is a tank farm. A tank farm is where you store millions of gallons of fuel, and so, or at least hundreds of thousands. I don't know how big those tanks are, but Wawa is a big um, convenience store chain that services the northeastern Pennsylvania and Delaware and uh, neighboring states. And in order for the tankers to fill up with fuel in the tank farm, they have to traverse through Port of Wilmington property. Now, once Gulf Tainer got in there, they actually basically um, told Wawa, you can't bring your trucks through unless you pay us, um, I believe it was a million dollars. It was basically an extortion deal. A cool $1 million in order to traverse to get to our own tank farms. That's called blackmail. Now, it's also important, Alan. So this is happening during the COVID lockdowns. And those tank farms, they could not get to them for fuel. That closed down the movement of trucks across seven states in the Northeast. Seven states could no longer get to those tank farms. And that went directly to Gulf Tainer. Uh, Imagine a company, a Middle Eastern ports company that many people complained about, then trying to hold people up for a million dollars in order to get to, which they had a complete right and a right of way legally to get to those tank farms. Yet Gulf Tainer attempted to stop them. Uh, Imagine the implications if they're stopping, uh, one, what they do to the tank farms, Two, if they're stopping all uh, truckers from delivering food and oil across the nation. That happened. That was a uh, took place under these COVID lockdowns for across seven states. This is a nightmare that people thought about when they stopped the Dubai Ports World debacle. So what took place is, is to understand who Gulf Tainer is. Alan, tell us about Gulf Tainer and uh, Dr. Jafar Jafar's connections to Unit 999 and why that's important to the American people. This is foundational to what you're looking at. So Unit 999 was Saddam Hussein's uh, elite overseas terror squad. These were the best of the best. A lot of them were pulled from his Republican Guard, and they were trained to... Uh, carry out terror missions in overseas targets, including the use of weapons of mass destruction. Now, we also learned that Unit 999 had been used 
by Dr. Jafar Dia Jafar and helping him uh, conceal his nuclear program, which, of course, the United Nations and the West was trying to find out, especially the U.S., what they were up to. So Unit 999 did work closely, not only with Saddam, but with Dr. Jafar, with his nuclear program. And Dr. Jafar's brother and business partner is the co-owner of Gulf Tainer. So that's what the connection is to between Dr. Jafar and Unit 999. Well, there's a little bit more because what we understood with the Oklahoma City bombing, when they finally understood the Pentagon and they were looking for the third terrorist and they identified him, Alan, who did they say that that was? They said that the third terrorist was actually a, a former Republican Guard member from Iraq. So it was an Iraqi and that this was actually had all the fingerprints of Unit 999 operation in Oklahoma City. Yes, he actually wore the the badge, the emblem of a member of the Unit 999. Now, Jonna Davis um, was working with the Pentagon in her book. Uh, she had initially uh, gone deep explaining everything that had taken place at Oklahoma City bombing, but only later did the information come out about the third terrorist and who, in fact, he was. And we did write a piece on that uh, at the AmericanReport.org. Uh, and I, I suggest, I really suggest that the people from Delaware particularly, uh, and maybe those near Port Canaveral, understand what we are looking at, because this is foundational to our national security and the safety of the American people. Now, Alan, tell us, uh, Dr. Jafar, Dia Jafar, uh, tell us who his family is and what is the significance of who they are and where so do they come from? from? He comes from an elite Iraqi family. In fact, the Jafar family reportedly owned some of the property where Saddam's pal- palaces were built. So there is a close connection between the Jafar family and Saddam Hussein. But also we learned that there's a connection to Iran and that the Jafar brothers are descendants from the Qajar dynasty that previously ruled Iran. Yeah, the, this was they were of the Qajar dynasty. And uh, we found this information uh, through research. Uh, the Jafars were the one time ruling royal family of Iran from 1785 until 1925. Uh, and so as they uh, then came into Iraq, uh, when they they ran from uh, Iran, uh, they were involved in the Ba'athists of Iraq. And that's important because the Ba'athists were a political party that were uh, part and parcel of the Farhud. And the Farhud is where the they went after uh, the Jews of Iraq and ran them out. And uh, there were there was a point, it was right before World War II and they killed many of them. And, and, and uh, so they have a history, the Ba'athists do. And uh, I'm not saying that the Jafars were involved in that they're Ba'athists, but uh, they were working with the ruling party with Saddam Hussein and the Ba'athists of Iraq. Yeah, so, absolutely. Well, I mean, it, it puts them in context. You're 
you're looking at the royal family of Iran, you know, the Iran that Obama was um, making a nuclear Iran, the devil, you know, in the Middle East, um, because that worked out well, didn't it? You know, uh, it, it also coming out of Iran is that Dr. Jafar Dia Jafar was working with Yevgeny Primakov, known as the bear in the desert. And we will explain to you why that is important, because Yevgeny Primakov was not just running Dr. Jafar Dia Jafar. Dr. Jafar Dia Jafar was Saddam's nuclear mastermind. He was also running their, their uh, bioweapons program and that scientist. And he was also running their chemical weapons program. And many of those weapons were moved out by the Spetsnaz, the Russian military. But Dr. Jafar Dia Jafar was back and forth to Moscow. And so uh, as we go to this uh, break, this word from our sponsors, our, our sponsors that promote the out loud truth, we'll be back and we will explain how the Jafars uh, worked with the Bathists and what that means to the American people and their national security today. In 2008, People could spend an average of 12 seconds on a task without becoming distracted. Five years later, it was only eight seconds. The digital age is narrowing our attention span. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top, shoot it down. Thousands of five-star reviews proves it works. Supercharge your brain and see the difference. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Did you know that doctors and nurses have been swabbing their noses with povidone iodine to protect from airborne threats like colds, flus, and pandemic-era strains for decades? Cofix RX took that idea and made a more complete nasal formula with lasting cleansing effects. Maybe you're traveling soon or going to an event. Are you concerned somebody nearby might be sick? Maybe the office or classroom stresses you out. Get yourself a bottle of Cofix RX nasal solution. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix Rex nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. Welcome back to the National Security Hour. 
on the America Out Loud talk radio network where you will hear the voice of truth, the out loud truth. Alan, continue telling us about Dr. Jafar Dia Jafar. Please, so, please, please continue. So he's sort of the Robert Oppenheimer of Iraq. He's known as a brilliant nuclear physicist. He got his initial training in uh, England, in Birmingham, at the university there, and subsequently received training in nuclear fission from the Soviet Union. So he had an early connection to working with the Soviets. And Saddam Hussein tapped Dr. Tafar to help him get Iraq's nuclear program off the ground with their first reactor that was provided by the French. And he also did research at CERN up in, I believe it's in Switzerland. And when he was there, other nuclear scientists began to suspect that he was actually clandestinely trying to develop a nuclear weapons program, not just civilian research for nuclear power. And they were very alarmed about that. Yes, we found a letter uh, with these other scientists exposing Dr. Jafar Dia Jafar at CERN and saying that he was stealing data in order to build his nuclear weapon. Now, he was also working with a scientist that is well known for having created a nuclear weapon out of Pakistan. And uh, this information all comes together, but it's particularly concerning because, again, the Obama-Biden administration uh, certainly knew who this man was, certainly knew that he was working with Saddam Hussein, uh, certainly knew that he was working with the Pakistani bomb maker, uh, well-known, certainly knew that he was on the Pentagon's blacklist, wanted for capture or kill. And so it's, it's, um, it's a bit of a conundrum why you would bring a nuclear mastermind who, by the way, when we captured the Saddam tapes, Saddam's cabinet, of which Dr. Jafar was one, they were talking about putting a nuclear weapon into Washington, D.C., a nuclear weapon into Washington, D.C. When you have their own words telling what they plan to do, that's of concern. Uh, we, not just the fact that they're already on the Pentagon's blacklist wanted for capture or kill, but further that they're on tape planning and plotting and laughing, by the way, of putting a nuclear weapon into Washington, D.C., which would have no fingerprints, that you wouldn't know where it came from. Well, why did that make um, uh, quite a bit of difference? Because at that point where they said that they wanted to make a nuclear we weapon that could not be tracked back to anyone, what comes to mind is what Hillary Clinton did. The other deal that went through CFIUS, that where they bypassed CFIUS, a CFIUS review, a national security threat analysis, the other deal that received the same treatment that they didn't tell who the deal was really about was Hillary Clinton's Uranium One deal. Now, why is that important? Well, because the Uranium One deal was handing off 20% of US uranium to this Uranium One deal. Now, initially, people were told that it was Canada, but the Uranium, in fact, was going to Russia. Now, the information we also have out of WikiLeaks is that Robert Mueller delivered a uranium sample to Moscow. 
Now, what's most concerning is giving our uranium to our adversaries. And Russia, like it or not, has been our longtime adversary. What that means is that someone can make a nuclear weapon with our uranium, U.S. uranium, and it will have our own nuclear signature. So if we are hit with a nuclear weapon using our own uranium, it will have our nuclear fingerprints. So imagine that, that at the same time, they handed over these ports to Gulf Caner. Hillary Clinton was putting through her Uranium One deal. Why is that important? Well, because when the Durham report came out, what the Durham report goes right to, the central, the seeds of the, of the Russia collusion were to cover up Hillary Clinton's illegal Uranium One deal. Why were they so interested in covering up Hillary's Uranium One deal? Alan, any thoughts on why they were doing that? Because it was part of a bigger operation in which the Soviets for many years, and that continued into the Russian Federation, want to get a nuclear advantage over us and be able to use a surprise attack against us. And they also, I'm sure, wanted to get our uranium isotopes so that they could use them for nefarious reasons. So as we worked on this story, and believe me, um, you know, this was a multi-year investigation. And by the way, you can find The Perfect Storm, one of our occasional papers, uh, The Real Russia Story. You can find those at the Center for Security Policy, the Center for Security Policy. Those, our papers were presented repeatedly at intelligence summits. So people would understand the threat that we, the American people, were under with what they were bringing inside the wire. They were, they were deeply concerned. These were all intelligence experts that gathered to, to vet this information, to understand this information, what had taken place. Now, that's important to us because when you're bringing nuclear weapons inside the wire and you're giving our ports, can you imagine Sun Tzu? That's right. Give your ports away. Bring the enemy inside the wire, one that you've already put out an order for capture or kill, and make sure that they have a weapons delivery system, the Club K, the Russian Club K, that can deliver this weapon system. So uh, that's what we're looking at. That is the barrel that we are looking at now. Uh, one of the interesting things is once Russia got the Club K, so did all of our other adversaries, including China. Uh, in China, one of their most popular toys for their children is a miniaturized version of the Club K. So what took place after they brought Gulf Tainer into the port of Wilmington is that one of the people that worked with us was Dr. Peter Pry. Dr. Pre Peter Pry was the head of the Congressional EMP Commission, Electromagnetic Pulse, because of course, this will deliver an EMP as well. He attempted to try to have this uh, deal stopped, as did we. It went through uh, anyway. Uh, we also, at that point, put together a letter informing uh, the ports who they had brought in to, in under the wire, who they had handed off the port of Wilmington to for 50 years, mind you, 50 years. And the signatories included uh, Dr. Peter Pry, of course, and several generals, General McInerney, General Vallely, uh, 
other military experts, John Malloy, uh, and many others, many others that thought this deal should be recalled, that it was dangerous. And so we can only hope that that had some influence. Uh, but there were so many other things that took place. Alan, what else had they done beyond uh, the Huawei and the tank farms and cutting off our oil for seven uh, northeastern states? Well, they've had a lot of problems with the lease itself in Wilmington. They actually didn't even keep up with their lease payments and hire as many people as was expected. So even though the most important risk from Gulf Tainer is the national security risk, there was also a lot of uh, consternation over the economics of the deal, which ended up being very bad for Delaware. Well, they also didn't keep their contract for that they were going to provide jobs to Americans. Did that happen? They did not provide nearly as many jobs as were expected. And they just plain became deadbeats at the port and didn't pay their bills. Well, they had a history of becoming deadbeats, did they not? With the Abrage deals? <laughs> yes, the Abrage deal. Yeah, Abrage was a... Um, private equity firm based in the United Arab Emirates, but it was run by a Pakistani CEO. And one of the founding shareholders was Hamid Jafar, Dr. Jafar's brother and business partner. And they became the biggest private equity firm in the Middle East, but then they spectacularly imploded. And it turns out that it was a giant Ponzi scheme. Yeah. It was very interesting, this Ponzi scheme, because it included several very interesting people that were working for, for the Javars, including Barack Hussein Obama's roommate from Occidental, correct? Yes, a very interesting character named Wahid Hamid, who met Obama. The earliest we know of them meeting was at Occidental College. We don't know if they knew each other before then. But they were pals, part of what was referred to as his Paki mob that he ran around with, with various Pakistanis uh, from well-to-do families in Pakistan. And then Barack Obama did this very mysterious trip in 1981 to visit Pakistan. And reportedly, it was Wahid Hamid with whom he traveled throughout Pakistan. And then Wahid Hamid then goes into business with none other than Hamid Jafar, because Wahid Hamid became a managing partner at the Abraj Group, and Hamid Dia Jafar, Dr. Jafar's brother and business partner, was a founding shareholder through Crescent Investments, and Crescent Investments is a affiliate of Gulf Tainer through the Crescent Group. Yeah, and so the Abraj Group was most interesting. Uh, when we broke this story, there was an interesting uh, investor that said, oh, I need to get my money out of there. Now, that would be the infamous Bill Gates of the vaccine business. And he was also invested in the Abrage Group, was he not? Yes, they had a lot of exposure through the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation uh, for this healthcare fund that was set up by Abrage. But interestingly, once we started to write about the Jafar's connections to Abraj and that 
became more publicly well-known, that would have been very bad for the Gates Foundation and Bill Gates. So it's kind of interestingly interesting that soon after that, they then started to make maneuvers to get out of that deal. Well, it was uh, a lot of things came together. That was sort of a, a central point. Uh, so it was not just the uh, Abraj group and their exposure, but with a group of journalists across the world, they began, uh, I think, and we were the only ones here in the, in the United States, other journalists began getting on the Abraj group and they were exposed for a couple of reasons, but most particularly because of uh, some papers that came out. And they sh- and when that became known, they were actually kicked out of their banking connections, correct? Yes. Yeah, so the Paradise Papers came out and there was information in there about a law firm out of Bermuda that had set up, it's called Appleby, and they had done a lot of deals setting up uh, various nefarious characters with secret bank accounts in these uh, offshore banking havens around the world, such as the Cayman Islands. And apparently Appleby didn't realize that their long-term clients, the Jafars, were connected to Saddam Hussein's nuclear program. And they were really shocked by that. And they realized that those were not the kind of customers that they wanted to have at their firm. Exactly. As soon as Appleby's found who their their client was and who they were connected to, Dr. Jafar Dia Jafar, they refused to represent them any longer. But that had everything to do with the Paradise Papers that were exposing all these nefarious uh, operations where people were laundering money, probably very much like what's taking place in Ukraine today, correct? Yes. Yes, I think they, they did not want to be involved with something like that. And the, yeah, the Abraj group. I don't think we even know half of what they were up to. Their CEO has actually been indicted and has been fighting extradition from London to the United States. And from what I understand, he's lost that case. I don't know if he's been brought over yet, but he's going to have to face the music. Yeah. So, yes, he's been extradited, but no luck. And, uh, I'm sure the Department of Justice, this Department of Justice is most concerned because they connect right to Barack Obama and to Joe Biden and to these deals where they were handing off our ports to the designated enemy via the information that came out of the Pentagon, putting them on the blacklist. Now, Hamid Jafar, while he is not a nuclear mastermind, uh, the brother and business partner, he also had an interesting history. Uh, and that goes to the oil for food deal, correct, Alan? And the, the idea that he was this oil for food deal, the, uh, the substance of it is that he was selling under uh, false fronts oil for food, and it was to fund Saddam and his brother's nuclear weapons program. Now, that went before three congressional committees. One would think that this information wouldn't be bypassed and this deal wouldn't wouldn't give a be given a pass at CFIUS at the Committee on Foreign Investments. Now there was one person who stood up and and uh, called attention to this and the reason being with one he was a longtime military uh, guy 
And two, his father was the one who ran the investigation on the Dubai Portugal debacle. And that was Duncan Hunter. Duncan Hunter helped to bring this to the fore. And what did, what did he get for uh, his bravery, his intellect? Well, they went after Duncan Hunter then. Did you think that that was an accident, Alan? No, it was clearly connected. He stuck his nose out and tried to protect the country. He's a former Marine Corps officer who served in Operation Iraqi Freedom, and he tried to protect our ports, and uh, he was rewarded by them destroying his political career and his family. Yeah, so he went on um, Fox News, and he had stood up repeatedly to try to stop this deal. Uh, He wasn't being listened to. Uh, He took a stand. He went on with Judge Janine. It was very interesting. Um, as he brought, in fact, our papers to the airwaves, um, he, uh, they started going after him, but also Judge Janine was taken off the air for several weeks because of that. So there's a lot that people don't understand what is foundational to the transformation of America. And you don't need to go to a military academy to understand that, that you know, about Sun Tzu, you know, when you are far, make them think you are near. When you are near, make them believe you are far. Well, you couldn't be any nearer than having a Trojan horse cargo container weapon system that launches nuclear weapons inside the wire that's operated via satellite. Uh, while, by the way, you're working with Russia, their weapon systems company. And oh, by the way, you're involved with China because they're the ones who check your cargo containers via Hutchison Wampoa and also, of course, Gulf Tainers in business with them. So as we go into this break, let me remind our, our listeners, uh, those who support this, this information, the out loud truth, please support them as well. We'll be back after this message. was Henry Wadsworth Longfellow that said, lives of great men all remind us we can make our lives sublime and departing, leave behind us footprints on the sands of time. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Falker with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. 
Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. Welcome to the National Security Hour on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network on iHeartRadio, where you will hear the voice of freedom, the out loud truth. I'm your host, Mary Fanning. And with me today is my co-writer at the AmericanReport.org. We're discussing what has taken place at our ports and how Barack Obama and Joe Biden brought the enemy inside the wire and gave them leases to ports in this country, knowing that they had gone into business with Russia for the exporting of the Trojan horse weapons system, the Club K, that launches nuclear, biological, chemical, EMP weapons. And once inside the wire, our radar points north and east. Understand that as you sit there and watch trains go by with their mournful horns in the night, and you sit at railroad crossings and you see those cargo containers, those intermodal cargo containers, they look no different than what a Trojan horse, Club K, nuclear, biological, chemical weapon system looks like. It's most important that they are operated via satellite. North Korea has multiple satellites that are capable, the KMS-3 and the KMS-4, of opening these cargo containers and launching. Welcome back, Alan Jones, for our final segment. It's most important. Thank you. I mean, this has been years, years of work, Alan, that we have done. We've had multiple people make films or movies. Um, but this is about our national security. This is about the survival of America. It's about the survival of the West. It's about the survival of Christianity in the West. And what we're looking at is a war that's being waged. And too many people are unaware of the war that's being waged in this country. Now, many in, in the intel community do know that. And in fact, we hear from them, from the Nest uh, group who look into uh, nuclear uh, weapons, and they say that they have bleeding ulcers from this very subject, and from what we have written for years. And uh, the American people need to understand that what is taking place now. One of the important things is that who was running Dr. Defar Defar was the KGB. Uh, you know, this is no small matter. The bear in the desert, Primakov, he not only was the the Soviet's genius, the 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 bear in the desert. He's also the very same man who put together what is known as the Islamic Bloc, and the Islamic Bloc is important because they brought together the Middle East and. This Islamic bloc, which is also known as the Perestroika Deception, put together in the late 90s. The Perestroika Deception and the Islamic bloc are one and the same. It, it pretends to have the fall of the Soviet Union, yet they began working with and working in concert with uh, multiple countries to create the Islamic bloc. Now, the, the person who, the genius that put all that together was, was, uh, Primakov, Yevgeny Primakov, 
And when people begin to understand who he is and who are some of the people that he was working with in this country, in the United States of America, it begins to expose, to put a, a spotlight on who was working, or shall we say, sleeping with the enemy. Uh, so Yevgeny Primakov, uh, he was directing uh, Dr. Jafar Dia Jafar. So he was working under the watchful eye of this KGB general, Yevgeny Primakov. Uh, he was Saddam Hussein's top secret uh, in charge of the Petrochemical Complex 3, the PC3, their nuclear weapons program. As Saddam's defense minister, Dr. Jafar also oversaw the procurement operations for Iraq's vast nuclear, biological, and chemical weapons of mass destruction, their WMD program. Again, I've mentioned under him were 32,000 people working for him, much like our CIA. So this Baghdad-born Dr. Jafar began his high-energy physics career studying fission in the Soviet Union after being rejected for a position in the UK. Uh, so he he's another member of the chip-on-your-shoulder crowd, okay? And Yevgeny Primakov, his code name was Nemchenko, and also his KGB code name was Maxim. And I'm wondering if that's for maximum damage. Um, so he had been... And Dr. Jafar had been working with the KGB for at least 36 years. That dated all the way back to 1982. And so virtually single-handedly, Primakov ran Russia's interests in the Arab world via the KGB and and the FIS, their Foreign Intelligence Service, the SVR. So Primakov established and directed this. He was also, Primakov, you understand this, Primakov was the spy master. He was the one who was handling the CIA mole, Aldrich Ames. He was his handler. He was also Jonathan Pollard, his handler. This is important because the spies that had infiltrated the United States and were giving our our nuclear secrets and other uh, SAP special access program secrets to the enemy were working with Yevgeny Primakov. So it's it's important to understand what the Islamic bloc is, how it was working, but it's more important now to understand what has just been uncloaked. So Iran has just announced its naval alliance with Iraq, our one-time longtime friend, the Saudis, the United Arab Emirates, you know, the ones that Barack Obama was working so closely with, and that also was giving... Um, uh, access to moving a weapon systems in and out of the airport in Sharjah. Uh, this is, he was working with, this is the new Islamic bloc, Iraq, the Saudis, the UAE, Bahrain, Qatar, Pakistan, India, Iran. All of these people already have the Club K container missile system. Now, you must understand that the Club K container missile system was actually initially known as missiles in a box. Missiles in a box was created under future combat systems in the United States. Missiles in a box was 13 years of R&D, 13 years of research and development. It cost 1.6 to 1.7 billion. It was 95% complete when Barack Obama brought in Ash Carter. Ash Carter then canceled the missiles in a box. 
we had a version for the Navy and the Army. So if the army had had it and they'd had it with them at Benghazi, they could have fought off Soleimani, the Iranian terrorists that killed our people at Benghazi, which, of course, they tried to hide. It was Iran all along at Benghazi with Soleimani. But that's what is important to understand is that all of these players have been working in concert together for a good long time. And they have now come out of the shadows. They've now uncloaked that they're working in concert. Alan, this is truly a breathtaking moment when they when they have come out of the shadows to expose that they are all the Islamic bloc is working together and they have been working together. And I do not know how our intelligence community missed this. Do you? It's really breathtaking, but all the clues have been there for a long time. Just to show how important Primakov was in the Soviet Union and Russia, let's just review his biography briefly. He was uh, chairman of the Soviet Union Supreme Soviet of the USSR. He was then uh, director of the KGB First Chief Directorate, and he was also director of the USSR Central Intelligence Service and director of the Foreign Intelligence Service, Minister of Foreign Affairs, and ultimately Prime Minister of Russia. So this is one of Russia's top operatives and politicians. And he was helping for years and years, Dr. Jafar Dia Jafar, who according to UN arms inspector, David Kay once said, and this is very chilling, Dr. Jafar said, you can bomb our buildings, you can destroy our technology, but you cannot take it out of our heads. We now have the capability. In other words, he, he showed them by drawing exactly how he would do it, how to build a bomb. And that's when they realized that he already knew how to build nuclear bombs. He knew how to do yeah. everything. So it was a chilling moment that they understand that they had captured. Dr. Jafar did Jafar was on the Pentagon's blacklist, wanted for capture or kill. They had captured him. He refused to talk. He talked not at all. And then one day he asked for paper and a pen. And he sat there and he drew for hours. He drew for hours how to make a nuclear weapon and he laid it all out. And then he said to David Kay, you can bomb our buildings. You know, you can destroy us, but you can't take it out of our head. And I, I hope that our audience will read. You know, it's, it's important that the American people are educating themselves. And the reason being that the mainstream media isn't bringing you the truth. They're not bringing you the the facts that bring you to understand that our national security is um, being destroyed, that the enemy is being brought inside the wire. Can you imagine Sun Tzu telling people to bring a nuclear mastermind and his brother who was under congressional investigation by three congressional uh, committees for his oil for food program that funded Saddam's nuclear weapons program, his WMD. Uh, uh, but it's it's not just the nuclear; it's also the biological weapons. Dr. Jafar Dia Jafar had uh, uh, oversight over that as well, and and that was also with Yevgeny, Yevgeny Primakov. And so, when they knew who and what Dr. Jafar Dia Jafar was, imagine that they let him go. Imagine then 
that they gave uh, his family company, his brother and business partner, leases to ports in the United States. And that they bypassed a national security threat analysis while having the gatekeeper at CFIUS that, that would decide whether or not you get that national security threat analysis, a CFIUS review, was someone who was part of the Islamic Society of North America. His father was one of the directors that created this. So this, this is an operative that was found in the Holy Land Foundation trials to be a terrorist organization is then the gatekeeper to deciding who gets deals in this country or not, at critical infrastructure or not. Uh, it's terribly important to also understand that Gulf Tainer, through a company, Gamma Aviation, is in business with China. Alan, it's chilling to understand that they're in business with China when China is Hutchison Wampoa that was inspecting the cargo containers, only one-tenth of uh, 1% are hand-checked of those which come into the United States of America. And if they're operated via satellite, you don't need someone to be you know, climbing up on that container to launch. And also, they have a 10-year shelf life. So they come into this country, no one knows where they are, no one's uh, paying attention to this. And at the same time, there's another element that connects to this. And that is at the time that Dr. Jafar, Dia Jafar, and Saddam were running all these operations and working with terrorists across the Middle East and ISIS and Al-Qaeda, which we now know uh, was given uh, information so that they could get a geolocation of our troops, which where they were using that to kill them. That's important because uh, these people are working in concert against us. They're working in concert against the, the people of the United States. And as Reagan said, if we go into that long, dark night, we will see a thousand years of darkness. If the lights go out here, they go out everywhere. And that's exactly what we're looking at because this is the beacon of light, the beacon of hope. If we lose the United States, if we lose America, our precious America, it won't just be the, the people of the United States. It will be all free people. We will all live under uh, China social credit scores where everyone has dead eyes and no joy and no abilities to create. So, Alan, we have three minutes left. Please give me some of your insight. Where are we going on this? Beyond praying, what can our, our American family do to help? Uh, beyond what has taken place? Well, they can certainly uh, start by sharing this podcast once it's available on iHeart and other platforms. But I just want to summarize what we're looking at here, okay? Dr. Jafar is the brother and business partner of Hamidia Jafar, Dr. Jafar, who said, you can bomb our buildings, you can destroy our technology, but you cannot take it out of our heads. We now have the capability his brother is uh, was a founding shareholder of the Abraj Group, where the managing director was Barack Obama's college friend from Pakistan. So this goes back to the early 80s. Not only that, but you have the fact that under Project Pelican, the secretly negotiated deal, Obama and Biden put uh, Gulf Caner into Port Canaveral next to our nuclear submarines and NASA's Kennedy Space Center. 
And now we find out from Red State that Burisma founder, who allegedly bribed Joe and Hunter Biden, is an SVR asset. So that goes right to you connect Obama through the clues piece that we connected him to the Soviet silver masters. And then you connect him through Gulf Tainer, through his college roommate, to the Jafars that were working with the head of the KGB, Primakov. And this is looking like a bunch of Soviet agents in our government that were running the Obama administration and the Biden administration. Including Valerie Jarrett, of course, that was making it a nuclear Iran. But understand that the SBR and the KGB are one and the same. And understand that every one of those oligarchs that work with Putin uh, that that were in charge of Rostec, Rosoborn Export, Chemizov, uh, the scariest man on earth, they're all ex-KGB. And you know what? There is no ex-KGB. Uh, you can call it SVR, you can call it whatever you want, but you should pay attention to what uh, Vladimir Putin said. And what he said was, and this was to a large audience, I like communism and I like it still. Okay, let's say the most important thing, though. We got some great news to end the program up with that Delaware has actually just kicked Gulf Tainer out of the Port of Wilmington. They had a 50-year lease that has been terminated, and they're bringing in an American company from Massachusetts to take control of the Port of Wilmington. So Gulf Tainer, uh, they are out of there. And they're out of there because of the letter that we put together and the American people that stood up against this. And it's important for the American people to understand we stand shoulder to shoulder to take this country back. And we, the American people, can accomplish anything. It's going to take the American people to stand shoulder to shoulder. We cannot tolerate a government that said that 2020 was the most secure election in history, that Hunter Biden's laptop with emails documenting Chinese payments going to Joe Biden was Russian disinformation. It wasn't. And that J6 was an insurrection. It wasn't. And is now trying to provoke World War III with Russia in order to cover up their crimes. So to the American people and to our audience, thank you for joining us on this mission. The National Security Hour is the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America.